welcome everyone. So today, we're going to be talking about the wall and the whale. Boom. I spent a lot of time on these slides, guys. Please appreciate them. <laughs> so the wall and the whale. So we'll be looking at the two stories, right? The walls of Jericho and Jonah and the whale. Um, and we're going to kind of look at what happens when we follow our own ways, more so talking about Jonah and the whale, compared to the walls of Jericho and following God's path for us. So we're just going to quickly pray, close our eyes, bow our heads. Hey, God, I just really want to pray for everyone right now and that um, you just soften all of our hearts and open our ears um, just to invite your word and your love into our life right now. And I pray over um, the words that I'm going to speak, that they're coming from you and not from my own wisdom. Um, but yep, we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start off with a quick, brief rundown of each story. I'm not going to read the entire chapters. It's a lot. So Joshua chapter six, the walls of Jericho. I did have like each of them pop up, but Caleb couldn't be bothered putting it in. So poor effort, Caleb. So Joshua chapter six, um, God tells Joshua to march around the walls for six days. He then tells them to get seven priests to blow trumpets um, and then march in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And then on the seventh day, the wall shall fall. Right. So then Joshua brings everyone together and he's like, yo, this is what's happening. This is what God told me. Um, this is situation. This is how we're getting to Jericho. And then everyone's like, eh, all right, if you say so. And so after that, they then walk around the walls for six days. Um, they get up every morning, marched around. That's enough. Go to bed, wake up, march around. Six days they do that. On the seventh, on the seventh trip around, double seven, um, Joshua then commanded them all to shout and blow their trumpets. The wall came crashing down. They charged in. They seized the city for God. Nice, quick, easy, simple story. Jonah. Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 to 3, a bit of a longer one. Um, God calls Jonah to go to, oh, I, don't, I can't say it, Nineveh, right? Nineveh? Nineveh. I've, I literally spent like 20 minutes like just listening to it on repeat last night. I go, Nineveh, Nineveh, Nineveh. Great. So, so God calls Jonah to Nineveh, um, and he calls him to call out the wickedness of the people there. And for reference, we're not talking about like the cool, like wicked, like skater. We're talking about like evil, wicked. We don't like him. Get it out of here. Someone found it funny. <laughs> um, but obviously, Jonah wasn't happy about this. So Jonah didn't like the, oh, I don't know how to, Ninevites? Is that what you'd call them? Ninevites? I made it more difficult for myself. The Ninevites, Jonah didn't like them, absolutely hated them. And so he decided, hey, I'm going to go the opposite way, hop on a ship that's going to, oh, I don't know, Tash, Tashish, Tashish? Tashish? I, I really need it. I need to be better than this. It's Spain? I don't, I don't know. He goes to Spain, um, which is the complete opposite direction of Nineveh. Let's get a round of applause for me knowing how. <laughs> so he sails to Nineveh, the complete opposite direction. And then God was like, mm, you're not going there. Sends a massive storm after him. And Jonah's like, oh, God's chasing me. This is a storm. I know it's from him. So he goes below deck and he takes a little nap. The sailors are then like, what is this massive storm? 
And so they go down, they wake up Jonah, and they're like, Jonah, is this you? And he's like, no, I know what you're on about. And so they're all praying to their gods, and then they realize that it is Jonah that's the problem. And so they're like, Jonah, we know it's you. And he's like, all right, you call me. It's me. And then he was like, just chuck me overboard. Let me die. Your problem solved. And, and so they did as, they, as he said. They chucked him overboard. And that was that. It's the end of the story. He dies. No, I'm just joking. There's a big fish that comes to swallow him, and um, he, he stays inside its stomach for three days and three nights. And so we then go into chapter two. Chapter two is just Jonah's prayer to God, being like, I'm sorry, I suck. Please don't kill me. I'll listen to you from now on. And God's like, all right, all right, if you say so. And so the whale spits him out over in Nineveh, Whale spits him out in Nineveh, and then he goes and preaches the word, frees the people, and now they're actually, like, wicked. Like, they're not the bad wicked now, they're the good wicked. <laughs> See, more people liked at that time. That's all that matters. Right, and so that's the story. Those are the two stories. I like water. So, now we've had a quick little run- rundown of the two stories. Why are they important? What makes these stories so, so important, right? And a question that I thought when I first was comparing these is, is both of the stories kind of ended in the same way? They kind of both ended really good no matter which path they chose. And so why does it matter? Right? Why should I care if God is going to forgive me, right? Why should I care? Right? If God's going to forgive me, What's the, what's the point of, of trying to follow this path? Right? What's the point of devoting my life to God? If, if I'm just going to end up in the same place, what's, what's the point? And the question I ask to that is, why would I want anything else? Why would I want to feel the separation? Right? It's something that we were, we were learning in the Alpha Course, Subtle Plug, um, if you come to that, we were learning about that last week, kind of what it, what it feels like. Right? Why, why, why do we want to feel like there's something missing when we know exactly what's missing and we just can't be bothered going after it? Right? We know that we're doing wrong, but we're still just turning away. And so listening to these two stories... Right? It shouldn't show us that we can live life without God and we can do as we please and come and go from God and everything will be all right. It shows that God is with us through the thick and the thin. He doesn't stray from our path even when we decide, ah, I've got better things to do. Why wouldn't we want every single moment that we have with God? And I know there's, there's definitely times when I fall into this trap. And I 100% am going through it right now. It's hard to, to not think that like, it doesn't matter. Right? That, that God will forgive me tomorrow, so I can do whatever I want today. It'll be fine. I can sin as much as I want. I can do whatever, and I'll come to church tomorrow, and everything will be handy-dandy. Right? It's, it's so easy to fall into that trap because it's true. Right? We will be forgiven, and we always have been forgiven, and that's where it's difficult. That's, that's the hard part, right? Because God forgives the most evil of people, right? He, he forgave the... 
Ninevites, Ninevites. He forgave the Ninevites, who were the most wicked of people, right? So what, what, what is the point of trying to please God, right? There's no point, right? And that, that's kind of the, mo- the, the mindset that Jonah had. Um, if you proceed into chapter 4, um, verse 2, it says, He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. I find it so funny that the reason why Jonah hated God is like one of the reasons that we adore him the most is his, his compassion and his love. And Jonah was like, I hate you for loving me and loving people. You suck. Right? That's just so funny to me. Um, but yeah, like no matter what we do, no matter how far we run, no matter if we sail to Spain when we're supposed to be going the other direction, God is still waiting for us. He's waiting for us to turn back and is eagerly ready for us to serve his plan. And then there's those of us that are, that are on the path, that are still serving, and, and that's, that's just as difficult, right? He's testing our patience and persistence, right? It most definitely wasn't easy for Joshua, right? Alongside the physical commitment of having to walk around a wall for seven days. Like, that is commitment. I, I definitely don't even, like, walk to the shops. <laughs> like, like, if I want to go to the shops, I will be getting an Uber. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it, like, this commitment is top tier. But then on top of that, the people in his, like, army, the Israelites, probably thought he was an absolute maniac when, they, when he first told them. Right? Imagine the, the conversation there. Josh was like, hey, so God told me that we can walk around this wall. And they're like, great, what's next? They're like, well, then it's going to come crashing down on the seventh day. They're like, great, what's next? And they were like, well, you guys are just going to blow your trumpets. You're not going to touch the wall, not at all. You're not even going to yell. You're just going to blow trumpets for six days. And on the seventh, it will come down. But there's also a whole bunch of rules, like the priest, you guys have to do it, and you have to walk in front of the covenant, not behind. That's the no-go. And they're like, mm, this guy's a bit, a bit loopy. Right? It's kind of like me saying, guys, we're going to go and march at Parliament House for six days, and it's going to go tumbling down. Right? That's mental. I didn't, definitely don't think that would happen, but that's kind of the point. Right? It's insane. And if that wasn't enough, Josh was, was also kind of dealing with a massive identity crisis. Um, so for context, Moses died. I know, spoilers. Sorry. And Joshua kind of took over from him, and the people kind of thought of him as the new Moses. And the pressure from that would have been so insane. Like, Moses was an amazing guy, and he, he fell, fell down a lot, but imagine the pressure of having to live up to that man, a man that was so close with God, literally the only person that was allowed to talk to God at the time, like, directly, and imagine having to live up to that after they've gotten to the promised land. And not only that, but achieve more than he ever did. I, I would have given up right then and there. They would have been like, you're the new Moses. I'd be like, no, I would be Jonah and going over to Spain. I actually do kind of want to go to Spain, but 
Only if God calls me there, not, not to avoid it. Right, so in Joshua chapter 6, verse 19, it says, All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Right, we see that Joshua listened to what God was calling to. But he was also humble in it. He gave all of the physical winnings back to God. He didn't say, I did this in my own strength. He then proceeded to give it back to God. And so I asked the question again, why is it important? And the reason why I'm focusing on both of the stories, not just one, right? Not just talking about what happens when we go away or what happens when we follow. The reason why I'm talking about both is because no matter where our faith lies, whether we're for him or against him, God has a plan for us. And no matter how far we stray away from that, he's always going to be calling and beckoning us back to him. And he doesn't choose the ones that are closer to him. right? He doesn't choose the people that pray every day. He more often than not chooses the people that are broken and people that can't actually achieve his plan. And so that's the point of talking about both, right? God is patient, compassionate, abounding in love. That's what Jonah said in his moment of hatred to God. Those words exactly. And so today, I want to call you guys to create a space for breakthrough. A space for growth. I want us to make our actions intentional. Right, what you go after is what you get. If we don't seek God, then we're not going to get him. Right, it's like Jonah, like until he was in the belly of the fish and was like, you know what, I kind of deserve this and was like, God, this is fair, I'm going to follow you. Then he came back into God's plan. Right, what we go after is what we get, right? Don't settle for the ordinary. March around those walls. Be crazy, right? If it, if it takes having to sit in a, a fish's belly for three days for you to come to God, I'm all for it. Jump in a fish. <laughs> like, if that's what it's going to take, do it. Right, just let him use you. And then another thing is, is don't, don't look at others, and follow them just because it's easier or it makes sense. Right? Don't, don't join the worship band just because that's how you worship. Right? You can worship in many other ways. Don't start a Bible study just because that's the only way that you can serve your community. There's more ways that you can serve your community. And so what I'm trying to say is just be you. Right, And I can guarantee that if you serve your passions and your gifts, whatever you're good at, whatever you love, if that's how you serve God, I can guarantee that's exactly where you're meant to be. And it doesn't matter how far from God you are, because he's right there. He followed Jonah to Spain. He was with Joshua 
for the entirety of walking around a wall. He was like, yeah, I'll do it with you even though I can't actually walk. I'll still be there. And so go out. Tell the world what it's really like to be a follower of Christ. To be patient. To be compassionate. Overflowing with love. But most importantly, to be you. Because God created you for a reason. And not just you for a reason, but he made you exactly the way you are to serve something so much bigger than you could ever imagine. Something that I can't even fathom. Like, I couldn't tell you where I'm going to be next year because God's plan is just so great for us. And all we have to do is be patient, be compassionate, overflowing with love, and be yourself. And so I'm going to call the worship team up. And I want to just take a moment for you guys to just be in God's presence. And so before the band start um, finish with a song, I want you guys to all close your eyes. And I'm going to read out the prayer that Jonah prayed while he was inside of the fish. And I want you to imagine what he would have felt like of purposely abandoning God and then being eaten by a fish, ready to die and saying, you know what? God, I actually appreciate you and I love you. And so Jonah says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from the sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounding me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remember you, God. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And so God, I want to pray right now to every, every ear that's heard your good news. For every heart that's been touched by your love. I just pray that, that they're able to understand who they are in you. That they're able to, to follow your calling. And even when they fall astray, when they stumble, when they don't know where they're going, that you'll be right there calling them, seeking out their love, 
And so I pray right now that for anyone in this room, that anyone is hearing this, God, I pray your forgiveness and your love and your compassion and your patience over them, God. And I pray that, that whatever crisis may be in their lives, that they'll be understand that you made them for a reason, for a purpose, and that they don't need to be other people. They don't need to look up at other people and say, I want to be them. I pray that they'll be able to look at themselves and look at you and say, that's enough. That's all I need in my life, God. God. 